joining us today as we um, dive into the life of Moses, a great deliverer. We are in Exodus and I am Sansaray, the children's pastor here at First Christian Church. And with me today is Jerome, the community pastor. And we are going to start discussing a little bit around the birth of Moses. The birth with a B. Yes, yeah, super cool. Um, so as you all know, we've been journeying through the Bible, God's story, our story, um, Clearly, we won't be able to exhaust all of this. Uh, and as we said in, in previous episodes, uh, this is our attempt to just dig a little deeper into uh, what the Word of God has to say. So what that means is you have to read your Bibles. Uh, and hopefully this is an encouragement for you to do that. There's so many great things in this. So, so as we talk about Moses uh, and, and the birth of Moses, and like you just mentioned, he was a great deliverer. So just kind of just take us through like a 10,156 foot view of, of Moses's birth and, and how we get to uh, Exodus 1 and 2. Man, so Exodus is an amazing book, but it starts in this really crazy time. So we've just closed out Genesis and we see that God establishes a covenant follows a family line and a genealogy. And Moses, we kind of get this first book like view mm -hmm. of the children of Israel and like mm -hmm. a nation of people. Like, yeah. so we are no longer talking about like a family of 12 or 13 right. or seven or whatever like that. We're not looking at twins. We are actually looking at a nation of people. And so that's how much time has passed. Yeah. Um, I don't know the exact number of years, but they have been down in Egypt, which is where Joseph ruled and led mm -hmm. um, for a while now. So yeah. this is generations. And so Moses is, comes on the scene at a time where the nation of Israel has kind of come complacent mm -hmm. in their place. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that they're outside of God's will. Like this is literally where they just thrive. This is where they were planted in this season, mm -hmm. um, which seems long, longer than our, our, our winters mm -hmm. <laughs> here in Arizona. Right. Uh, but they've been in this land. Mm -hmm. And so they have grown accustomed to that. They are used to, to Egyptian culture. They are used to the typography, geography, everything of the land here. Like they have roots here. Mm -hmm. So um, this is the life. This is the backdrop of Moses being born. Mm -hmm. um, we know that God always had a plan though. And so as we're doing God's story, our story, I think it is so wise of us to remember as we dive into this book that God's plan and his promise to Abraham did not say, hey, I promise that your descendants are going to rule in Egypt. Mm -hmm. There was right. a specific place attached right. in that covenant, and it was the land of Canaan. And yeah. so um, when we remember God's overarching story, it helps us understand right. the Israelite story just a little bit better. Yeah, that's a great point, Sounds Like there's there's always like little song bars to like jump out at me. <laughs> but we have you say we have to remember what God said. Right. And like. <clears throat> So I don't want to get too far away from the story because I, I want you to just keep digging in there. But in, in our lives, we have to constantly remind ourselves of what God said and what God didn't say. Mm -hmm. That shapes and molds our expectation, right? Sure. And then if you, your expectation like shapes and molds the, the outcomes of your life. like So it's so important to know what was it. Because like if you... If you think that God said something that he didn't say, then your expectation is going to be off. And then your view and your relationship with God is going to be off. And then how you interact with people is going to be off. And then how you see yourself is going to be off. And it's everything. So we have to know 
what God said and what he didn't say, um, this is the key to life, you know, and so that's why we're encouraging y'all to read your Bible. This, this whole pod is just, is just an encouragement, just a push, a nudge for, for people to, to dig into the word of God and to ask God, like, hey, show me myself in this story. Show me how to be a reflection of your heart uh, as a result of me reading this story uh, so that I can benefit others. Yeah. So, yeah, I just had to. No, it's cool. And so it makes so much sense, but it also helps you not to uh, be misinformed mm-hmm. or be out of pocket with what God is doing right. um, because God's faithful. Yeah. And so, again, as we get into this and let's dive in and let's like actually read this a little bit of these verses about Moses being born. But one of the things we see is that if we look at this wrong, mm-hmm. if we forget what God has said, mm-hmm. then we'd be like, God, you just came and disrupted these people's lives. Remember, mm-hmm. I said, like, they're complacent. They have roots down. Like, they've been here for a minute. Right. It's, it's not been two days. Right. <laughs> like, they've been there for some generations. And yeah. so um, we could look at them and be like, God, you just uprooted their lives. Yeah. And yeah. the reality is, is they were never meant to be planted there. Right. And so we, we're going to see this and we're going to see that even in being complacent and being planted in this season, mm-hmm. um, they also didn't forget who he was. So yeah. there is this theme too, that they still know God, mm-hmm. they still honor him, they still worship him, they still follow certain traditions and paths. And there are certain traditions that we observe today mm-hmm. that didn't exist at this time, mm-hmm. um, that are actually birthed from this season of yeah. Moses's life. And yeah. so that's something cool too, right? At FCC, we do communion every week mm-hmm. and that honors Passover. Well, Passover is established in the mm-hmm. life of Moses. Yeah. So. Be, that's getting ahead though let's really look at when he was born so yeah. what's happening at the time of his birth so uh, so in chapter 2 of the book of Exodus uh, if you can open your Bibles and uh, delineate with me now um, sorry I just had to do that it's all good y'all can laugh a little bit it's, it's okay you need some what is it serotonin serotonin in your life so um, uh, there was a man of the house of Levi he went and took a, a wife a daughter of Levi, so the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him and daubed it in asphalt and pitch uh, and put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. So this is, the, Moses was born um, to, a, to a Levite man who had, who had married, and so what's happening here is at this time, the king of, of Egypt had sent out a decree. He had sent two decrees. One was, uh, in chapter one, was for if the midwives saw that the that Hebrew baby boy was about to be born, that they were supposed to kill that baby boy. Um, and so the midwives was like, mm, we're not going to do that. But they didn't just come out and say, we're not going to do that. They were like, hey, uh, Pharaoh, you know, these Hebrew women, they are vigorous and they have their babies quick. So before we could even get there, they already had the baby, so we couldn't kill them, right? So they didn't want to kill the babies. uh, And so that was the excuse that they gave to not kill the babies, right? So then in chapter two, the reason why Moses' mom is hiding him is because there was another decree that went out from the king of Egypt where Pharaoh that said uh, to kill all the baby boys. I, I don't know if he gave an age, if it was two and under or one and under. Um, but so this was post-birth that he's given the order to kill all these babies. So his mom hides him for three months. She can't hide him anymore. She puts him in a basket and sends him down the river. Um, and then, that's what happens from there. So yeah, it's a interesting thing that he goes down this river and um, there's a lot that could be said. 
even about her making this arc, so to yeah. speak, right, mm -hmm. for the baby. Mm -hmm. um, but we won't go there. <laughs> but there is a, he is. Um, and in these circumstances and conditions, and so what she doesn't know is that the person who ends up finding the baby mm -hmm. is actually a direct descendant of Pharaoh. So it's actually his daughter. Mm -hmm. um, and she finds the baby and takes the baby and then adopts the baby as her own. Yeah. So that seems so weird to us. Like, yo, there's a baby in the river. I'm gonna just pick the baby up and take her home. But that's really what happened. <laughs> like Moses is taken by the princess, right. uh, what we would consider the princess, but the Pharaoh's daughter, mm -hmm. uh, and then is raised yeah. as an Egyptian, like is raised as her son. Yeah. Um, the crazier part in that, um, and this is where you go, like only God can do this, is that he Moses has a sister, yeah. an older sister, who this whole time is watching what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so when Moses is put in there, she actually kind of follows the basket down the river and she sees Moses being taken. And so this little exchange happens where you see this baby who is now over three months old. Mm -hmm. And she's like, hey, do you want me to get somebody to nurse the baby for you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so big sis is looking out like, yeah. I know somebody who could help you. Yeah. And so the Moses is his own mother right. <laughs> ends up right. continuing to nurse him until mm -hmm. he is weaned. And so um, as only God can, there's still a family connection, mm -hmm. even though Moses's mother cannot rightfully claim Moses. Like yeah. she can't be like yeah. parading around and go, this is my baby, like this is my son. Mm -hmm. But she still has a hand mm -hmm. in how he is raised and how he's formed and what he's getting at, as she is physically nourishing him, right. but continuing to pass that on. So like I said earlier, like they still know who God is. Yeah. They still have promises from God. They still have the stories of their ancestors to pass on. And, and she's doing that during these next few years that Moses continues to be weaned. So unlike our modern culture, like uh, we go like, oh, the baby's one, they stop breastfeeding, they're, they're not even really talking, walking yet. Mm -hmm. um, that would have been way different back in this day in this culture. Yeah. So Moses would have had way more time with his mom um, and her and being able, like he would have been talking, he would have been speaking, he would have been starting to learn. Yeah. And so at that stage, also being raised by Pharaoh's daughter, mm -hmm. he would have been had access to tutors and guides. Yeah. And he would have been, and he was trained and at the stages of learning how to be royal, how to rule, how to lead, because he is not considered a slave at this point. Mm -hmm. He's in the royal family. Yeah. And so it is a very interesting dynamic that Moses kind of gets both educations yeah. from his it's, two moms. It's really interesting too, like you mentioned, you, you kind of contrasted what was happening in that culture and what's going on uh in in our culture and so um you know we we deal with controversial issues from time to time and and, and it's okay and my heart obviously in our hearts are never to offend anybody but it's it is like really just out there like to me it's really bold that um that this baby's life was threatened by the decree of the king right um but but his mom, Moses' mom, goes against that decree. Uh, she's trying to do everything to preserve the baby's life. And what ends up happening is, is something that she could not have orchestrated, right? Yeah. So she's literally in a position, and this, this, this kind of makes my heart go out to, to women today who are faced with these decisions of uh, to have a baby or not. Can I afford this baby? Uh, this baby might have been conceived in the trauma uh, situation or just just the full gamut. Uh, maybe I'm not financially able. Like whatever it is, women are are dealing with this issue, and and the nation and the world really is dealing with this issue of sanctity of life or abortion or and, and all these things or you know 
there's agencies that uh, promote adoption and different things like that. And so it's just interesting that that a similar thing was happening thousands and thousands of years ago uh, and, and how, I guess, you know, for argument's sake, you could say that the history is repeating itself or whatever the case. But if, if I could just give an encouragement to women and to men, because women don't get pregnant by themselves, is 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 it, if you're pregnant and the, the pregnancy is unwanted, or even if it's wanted, if it's unwanted or if it's wanted, if you're pregnant and you know you have a circumstance, I would just encourage you. I'm not trying to make your decision for you or anything like that, but I would I would encourage you to just read this story. Just read this story and read the life of Moses and what happened in his life because he had life. And and so, you know, there's no judgment. There's none of that. I don't want to push people away. I want to bring people in. But I also, I think it's, it's our responsibility to encourage people at least to look at more than just their present circumstance, yeah. right? To look at more. And that's what we're doing with these stories. It's like, okay, I read the story. Um, I've never lived on the Nile River. I never had to be subject to the rulership of a pharaoh. But I can still see myself in this story. I can still glean some things from this story that can help me and that can help others, right? And so, uh, so I would just encourage people that are listening um, to just read through these stories. And you know, maybe you're not really familiar with the Bible or whatever the case may be. Um, get with somebody who is, or or just have some conversations that at least give you a different perspective than what you may be leaning towards. So maybe you're a person and you're like, you know what, I'm going to have this baby no matter what the circumstances are, right? Okay, still have a conversation, right? Have a conversation with somebody um, that can give you a different perspective, that can maybe help you along in, in your circumstance or, or at least give you a more holistic view. Or maybe you're on the other side and you're saying, you know what I mean, I don't think I can, I can have this baby. Like the circumstances are just too tremendous, I would encourage that person to do the same thing and have a conversation. And I would definitely say like at any point, right, there's lots of things that make us feel like the odds are stacked against us. Yeah, yeah. Like whether it's a law, whether it's a circumstance, social, economic status, whatever. And so um, you could be living on the mansion at the top of the hill and still mm -hmm. feel like something is pulling against Absolutely. you. Yes. And so I think the encouragement to everyone in general, regardless, kids, no kids, is where are we putting our faith and trust? Yes. And sometimes it's just a Hail Mary. Yeah. Like sometimes it's it's that there's 10 seconds left. What am I going to do? Right. Like this mom was trying to help her kid, save right. her kid, keep her kid. Mm -hmm. And it's a Hail Mary to build a basket and put it yeah. in the river. Right. She didn't know where Who it was going to end up. You know? So, nope. so I think like to, just to even, you know, to kind of bring that around full circle, it doesn't matter the circumstance in here. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing that we don't talk about much when we talk mm -hmm. about Moses' life. Yeah. I mentioned he has a sister. Mm -hmm. He has a father too. Mm -hmm. Like he's not like, he has a family. He has yeah. people that love him. Yeah. And this is still happening. And where he ends up being raised, raised the majority of his life away from them. Yeah. Um, and in a context where he is actually told like, this person's your mother. So even for people who do give up children for adoption, mm -hmm. like a lot of times that is like the Hail Mary. It's yeah. the, I pray they have a better life than the one I can offer them. Yeah. And we really don't know. Yeah. The reality is, is this is the way that Moses' story went. Yeah. There were hundreds or how, who knows how many other children 
born in Egypt to, to the Israelite women at this time. Some of them did pass away. Some of them did get caught. Some other ones were probably saved, maybe in very different circumstances. This is the one that God said we need to preserve and we need to know about. Right. Um, so it's canonized in scripture. So uh, just to have that perspective, like not everyone is a Moses, but we can definitely see that some steps that his parents took mm -hmm. and some steps that the people around him took, even the risks that his sister took, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> paid off in his life yeah. and that God used that. And so um, this is what I love, and we know this in Romans, is that all things can work together for good right. for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Us being called is never in question. If God created us, he wanted us, yeah. and he loves us. The yeah. question is, do we love God back enough to go, hey, I'm going to trust you, yeah. regardless of what my circumstances are like. The, that's the big thing, is that is that that big T word that you said, do we trust God? Yeah. And, and so I think that, you know, as we we touched on people that may be in different circumstances and you know in this whole conversation around abortion and, and adoption and life and all of that um do they have a picture to trust god based upon the jesus followers that they see you know what i mean like i so so like you know the church the big c church that you know what i mean christians jesus followers whatever you want to label us as we have this this tendency to like point fingers or blame or whatever and and i haven't seen a lot of spaces where we look in the mirror and say okay maybe what's going on in society the negative things that are going on in society is a direct reflection of the quality of my followership of jesus because if people could really see jesus and his love and the picture of it then maybe they would have a better opportunity to engage with to trust him to you know what i mean to 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 live their best life uh, but we we do so much pushing away and 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 all, and all these things and so um, but i think we would hate to admit kind of on that that we're more like pharaoh in this story come on so sauce. pharaoh come on sauce. right this is a perceived threat yeah this is not an actual threat realized yes um nobody was writing to pharaoh talking mm -hmm. about yo uh, just mm -hmm. wait. We're waiting for our numbers to get up. Yep. So and I know we kind of jumped into chapter two, but chapter one, what it actually tells us is, is that there comes a day and age, there comes a time where the Pharaoh yep. no longer knew Joseph. Yep. And, and so he no longer, he no longer knew the one that they knew was marked by God's favor and God's mm -hmm. blessing. Then he, he didn't hold even on, understand. Hold on, hold on. Go slow. Because <laughs> you just said, so that was like, that was like steak Pharaoh. sauce with the prime, like, Okay. He didn't know. He did not know where really even why his land and nation was blessed. Right. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so, because here's, here's you said that the new or the new king didn't know Joseph, but the old pharaoh did. Yeah. And that old pharaoh that knew Joseph said in scripture that the spirit of God rests with Joseph. So I know. He saw God yeah. in Joseph. So we're and I know we're not there, right? Mm. Because. And, but this culture that was passing on at some point right. in Pharaoh's house, yep. it was forgotten. So it kind of got watered down, watered down, or we're so Very far good. away removed now. Yep. So this Pharaoh yes. comes up yes. and he just does a census mm. and gets scared. Mm. See, on. he counts people, right. he looks at numbers, and then got afraid. Yep. And he goes, yo, they're about to outnumber us. Yep. And if something were to happen, nobody was coming against Egypt right now. Right. He didn't have enemies in the wings. Right. But he perceived if a mm -hmm. problem comes, 
there is enough of them mm -hmm. that they would join with our enemy and defeat us. And defeat us. Yeah. The truth is, right now, I said it earlier, the Israelites were cool where they were. Mm -hmm. They were complacent. They were fine. They was eating they, so, organic, right? so it, came, it came from a space of, so then they become slaves. Right. Then there's this decree. But all of that was motivated by fear. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I will say, whether we follow Jesus or not, when we act out of fear, when we make decisions out of fear, right. we end up doing damage yep. that's untold. We end up doing things that was unnecessary. Right. If Pharaoh could have taken a moment to remember, yep. he probably would have never issued that decree to start with. There you go. And, you know, the, the other thing is, is that you, you mentioned fear. So fear is birthed out of sin, right? And we know sin always produces death yeah. in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And, and and so it was just so, I just got so excited when you said, like, that this new Pharaoh didn't know, yeah. right? He, and so, and that just goes back to my point. Like, the old Pharaoh that knew Joseph saw God through Joseph's life. Yeah. This new Pharaoh, apparently, there wasn't anybody who was living for God to the point that this pagan of pagans would see God and would see the spirit of God through their lives and ended up succumbing to fear and making these decisions based on, based on fear. And so I feel like, could it be, and I'll just ask a question, that that same thing is happening today, that the quote-unquote powers that be aren't seeing the proper image of Jesus, aren't seeing us as Jesus followers really display that, in, in a way where it's undeniable that the spirit of God rests with them. Yeah. And, and, and so, because when the Pharaoh that was in charge, when Joseph was, a, was alive, that Pharaoh said, I'm making you second in command because there's something <laughs> special on my life that I need to benefit from. What would that look like if government leaders or politicians or officials or the powers that be said that same thing of Jesus followers today? And I think I need that's, you around because something's on you. Yeah. And and with that, I think that takes us as Jesus followers, the, us of devoting ourselves to Christ, right? right. That we even realize mm -hmm. that God is with us. Yep. The moment we realize that God is with us, guess what? Fear, anxiety, all that stuff has to go. Yeah. All the all the negative things have to begin to fall off of our life. It doesn't mean that we don't have times where we experience these or we have these feelings, but we trust and we know and we're anchored in something stronger than that. Mm -hmm. The Bible clearly says that perfect love casts out all fear. Mm -hmm. When we submit ourselves to perfect love, mm -hmm. we don't have to make decisions out of fear. We're not trying to self to preserve ourselves. We're not trying to fix ourselves. And, and again, like it goes to what you're saying before, like at the end of the day, when we respond out of fear, when we start making rash decisions, when we're not thinking things through, mm -hmm. ultimately it does lead to death. It leads mm -hmm. to death of relationships, it leads to death of finances, of, of blessings, of whatever the case may yeah. be. We end up not having peace. We struggle, we fight through so much yeah. and have to go through so much and mm -hmm. it impacts everybody around us. Yeah. And if we are in leadership, it impacts everything that we touch and lead. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, we would hate to admit that. Like we love, especially if you're a Jesus follower and you're familiar with the Bible, right. we love reading these stories and we want to hang our hat and we want to cheer for Moses because yeah. we know, yeah. like God, your hand is on Moses. Right. Uh, but we don't want to step back and go, but am I being the Pharaoh? Mm. And so I think that's something too about God's story. Our story is that we can, we can learn from every single person that was written about. Right. God did not give us this just to take lessons only from Moses. Right. We can learn from his mom. We can learn from his sister. We can yeah. learn from his father. We can learn even as we go on, we 
find out later on in Moses' life, he has a brother, yes. Aaron. <laughs> like he has, yeah. like there's so much stuff. He ends up getting married. He has a wife. He has kids. He has a father-in-law. Like every single person that Scripture mentions is not by accident. Yeah. And so as we dive into Moses's life and we continue our journey through this, mm-hmm. my encouragement is one: always look for God. Yeah. He's the author. Yeah. God, what are you doing? Yeah. So let's zoom out. Yeah. Let's zoom out and remember. What have you said? What are you doing? How are you still authoring this? Yeah. And then as we zoom in and we look at the actual instance, the actual story, what can we learn? And mm-hmm. as Moses being born, as we know this, that even in great times of trouble, mm-hmm. e- even under adversity, even under negative laws or mm-hmm. things that we'd be like, how dare they? Like yeah. that literally, like we read this we today yes. and we go, how could he ever, right. like, how could you kill that many children? Right. Well, the reality is, is there's stuff happening today mm-hmm. that if we look at it, sex trafficking, like billions of people in mm-hmm. this world mm-hmm. making billions of dollars. And a lot of them are children. Yeah. Like, so when we hear the numbers and stats, like we get shocked, but then what's our response? Yeah. Are we going to be like the midwives? Are we going to Hey, I need to back off of this or like, I can't do that. I can't follow after this. I can't feed into that. I'm not saying it's okay. Um, Are we going to be the the Moses's moms and be like, look, I'm still going to watch and I'm going to make sure like, yes, we're in this world and this is the culture. And I know that there's a target on this person. So I'm going to look out for them. I'm going to be scoping out for them. I'm going to have their best interest at heart. And when the opportunity presents itself, I'm going to take the opportunity to stand for them and make sure they get what they need. And then I'm also going to trust and I'm going to trust the Lord that even though they're being raised by someone that does not share our values or that is not tied to our family, I'm going to trust that God can use that anyway. So there's just so much in that, like that we don't have time to talk about all of it, but just really. We can't circumvent God's word. His word, if he says it, it's going to come to pass. So Samus, wrap it up. Give like a 30 second encouragement to our listeners and viewers um, about read the Bible. (laughs) And digging deeper into the story of Moses. Yeah, I just hope that something we've said today has really touched you. And I would say, if nothing else, walk away with this, is that perfect love casts out every fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so my encouragement right now to you would be that we would just live our lives fearless. And not like, oh, I can do anything and nothing can hurt me. But fearless in the fact that, man, I've received the perfect love of God into my life. And there really isn't anything that he cannot use or turn out for my benefit or for my good. The Bible puts it this yes. way, that... Um, all things can yeah. work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so that would be my encouragement to you as we even look at this story of Moses. And that's what's standing out to me most today. Yeah. Ask me tomorrow. might be something different. Yeah. But today, that's what I say is live a life that's fearless. Fearless. I love it. Love y'all. Thanks for your time. Peace.